0: We're back, Empires of the Future, talking today about singing. What it's in. What it's in. How much do you like to sing, Diddon?
1: I like to sing more than other people probably like to hear me sing. But, <laughs> One uh, of those, eh? Yeah. I, I say that. Yeah, I joke <laughs> about that. Uh, like a lot of people do. I'm not actually a terrible singer. And I think most. Yeah,
0: I've had you sing before. Yeah. Like I've asked right. you to sing. Right. You have you more literally than one occasion. asked me to
1: sing. So clearly I can't be that bad. Can't be bad. that bad. Or you're or really, I have no taste. really it's gracious. That's possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> yeah. I like to sing, though. Good. I enjoy it. Actually, I remember one time we were. Uh, can I go ahead and get into a story? Of course. I have to jump any guns here. But uh, we we were. Uh, I was showing up to evening service at First Southern. Yes. Uh, and back whenever. Evening service was like the mark of church faithfulness. You remember the days? I remember. Yeah. I remember. And I showed up a little bit late. And Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I was not very faithful to my faithfulness class. And I kind of slipped into one of the pews where all the kind of young adult youths sit and started singing. I just, like, joined in the hymn and was apparently louder than almost everyone else in the pews around me because as soon as I started singing, like... Everybody, Everybody turned their... and looked at me like, oh, man, I must sing really loud. Um, but it's because I enjoy singing, particularly yeah. I really enjoy singing together at church. Yeah. Um, well, man, you are a great candidate for I, it, a discussion about yes,
0: singing together. I am. Christian I'm, music in a I'm choir a big and, fan. And, and all yeah. the way.
1: What uh, about you, Jackson? Do you enjoy singing? <laughs> you better say yes. You, I do. Yeah.
0: I, uh, part of what I do now is singing for a living, uh, strangely enough. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I actually I, songs are one of the most uh, music is one of the most most amazing things I've mm-hmm. ever run into in my life. Uh, it is one of those things that um, I literally still can't relate or understand people who would say, yeah, sure, I can sing or I could play an instrument. I just don't have any interest in it. I mm-hmm. don't don't get it. Don't get it one bit. Um. And, and so uh, obviously that's where we're going today. Talk quite a bit about uh, the benefits of singing. We got this article from the Washington Post by Alexandra Moe uh, about that singing with other people in particular is really good for you. And there's a lot, uh, there's a lot to say about this. Uh, singing is, is a deep thing. Um, there, there are questions that we could have from the Bible, uh, questions about the origin of singing question about the destiny of singing. Like, well, is, is singing something that will happen in the kingdom? And, and I will look forward very much to getting all the way to the depths of that. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, I think that, uh, music is one of the most amazing things that exist. I think it's a thing that, um, if it, if we didn't have it, uh, I don't know that we would know, you know, it's, 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 it, I think it's such a strange thing, uh, in this world that is something that is magical, uh, in some yeah. ways that, that it is, uh, there is deeper knowledge about it than even we know, but that there's a reason why a lot of what has made say Disney, Disney is songs, mm-hmm. um, certain kinds of songs, Yeah. Uh,
1: who, d- who doesn't have a Disney playlist on their iPhone, right? That, that you, especially if you have kids, and even for many of us, even if we don't have kids, that you don't turn to every now and then for a little, mm-hmm. little pick-me-up. Right, right. Um, well, here we are on a... In
0: a Afternoon, we just had lunch. Uh, I'm taking up what has been a practice of yours, I know, for quite a while, which is the old afternoon coffee. Oh, yes. It's, uh, what was it yesterday? I think 26 degrees outside, and I was. Oh, yes. I, I hate cold, as I've probably mentioned uh, many times already, even on this podcast. Um, and so it's not hard to get me to drink a, a nice hot drink uh, as these afternoons are cooling off. Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, when did you start drinking coffee and why did you start? How old were you when you started drinking coffee? Can <laughs> me ask that first? <laughs>
1: Uh, When I had my first drink of coffee, you know my mom, right? I do. And she is a hardcore coffee drinker. I probably had my first drink of coffee before I even like remembered. Wouldn't so, like, you like
0: to know, like you're saying your mom's a hardcore coffee drinker, which I, I know that about her, like how many milligrams of caffeine through coffee have been through your system? Like, I would love to know oh. that for myself. The answer would be a lot. It, the answer God would be knows. a lot. God knows. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. A lot. I don't think I would want to know the answer to that. It <laughs> might scare me. I might not want to drink coffee anymore after that. So, I think once it's left my system, it's left my... My world altogether. I don't need to know anymore about it. Yeah, I've used it. I'm done with it. I probably started drinking coffee, though, as an actual coffee drinker by choice um, when I was in high school. I think I would. Yeah. I probably was freshman or sophomore. Uh, I I started drinking coffee though. Um, That's socially. funny to
0: think of you as a freshman or a sophomore starting to drink coffee because you're like 14. Yeah, young. You know. Too young to probably. Neither of you <laughs> neither you nor I as a particularly tall guy, hey? Maybe we stunted our growth, man. That's yeah. probably what happened. That's probably what
1: happened. <laughs> stunted our growth. Um I should have been
0: six two. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I started drinking it though socially. So I had a I mean, between my mom being a big coffee drinker, but also my my Memo and her sister, they would when they got together, and which was often because they lived nearby and they were you know, very close. We'd go over to my aunt Ruby's house, and it was just the thing to do. You sit around the table, you drink coffee. Yeah. And by the time I was fourteen, I was ready you're, to you're engage with yeah, yeah. yeah the the talking and the drinking. And so, um, yeah, I started drinking coffee. Granted, with a fair amount of cream and sugar yep. mixed in. And yep. Uh, and yeah, it wasn't that long before it went from a social thing to you know what I actually kind of enjoy the yep. uh, the the taste and also the benefits that come along with. Drinking coffee. And so, yeah, I just kind of picked it up from there. It only worsened <laughs> through college. And, <laughs> and then working at Toyota, definitely coffee was uh, was a go-to. But yeah, how about you? When did you start drinking but w- coffee? Before I let you go,
0: what is your coffee of choice these days? If you,
1: uh... I am so not picky. When I say not picky, I-, I am picky in the sense of most like fancy or expensive brews mm-hmm. of coffee yeah, I'm out. I don't think are any good. So what I drink at home... If I just go to buy coffee for myself and to brew at home, which I do, Folgers. Folgers, and, classic you roast. You know, one day, maybe we're going
0: to have Folgers sponsor our podcast because that's going to be my answer as well. We'll see. Yeah.
1: The best part of waking oh up, Folgers in your cup. That's right. And Denton and Jackson in your
0: ears. There you go. The, yeah. the I can see uh, Folgers is the empire of the future. That's yeah. going to be the...
1: Are we going to be that podcast <laughs> that eventually we're like, today's podcast is brought to you by Folgers.
0: You know, I... Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, we'll never be. We'll never be that podcast. We don't want to be that podcast. (laughs) But yeah, Folgers, but I'm also okay with Great Value, also okay with Maxwell House. I'm a little
0: bit, um, if it's too acidic, we we tried to drink Maxwell House right when we got married, and I had to get away from it because I think it's just, I would not have known, um, uh, when people talk about sort of these sorts of things, uh, as far as like, oh, the acidity, like I... It took me a while to go like, man, something about the way my mouth feels uh, and the way my stomach feels. Uh, and that's what I figured out about uh, Maxwell House's, which is too acidic for me. Um, and and that is the case, you know, when we used to go to the Y a lot, uh, mm-hmm. uh, whatever coffee was going on at the Y, I was like, ooh, no, I don't like it. And Tasted then, Maxwell House. And, you know, we had friends, uh, some of our guys who were running with us at that time were just like, no, we have to go there to get it because it's free. And it's like, man, I don't <laughs> care. I'm, I'm as cheap as the next guy, but. I got to get beyond that. Um, so I am a pretty convinced Folgers guy as well. And I'm the same as you. Most coffee that you would buy at some of these bigger chains is too strong
1: for me. And I do not need or enjoy that. Yeah. Um, bigger chains or even like your local boutique coffee shop. Um, man, I'm all for, you know, drinking, eating local and that kind of stuff. But just... To be perfectly honest, if I'm out and I'm like, I'm going to stop off and get a cup of coffee, I'm not going to one of the local coffee shops. I'm not going to Starbucks. I'm probably going to the gas station up the street Mm -hmm. to fill up my cup of coffee for (laughs) 99 cents or whatever. That's just the kind of coffee I've always grown up on. And so people talk about, oh, man, that's just such bad coffee and everything like that. Maybe. But guess what? It's the coffee that I'm used to. So it's the coffee I prefer. Um, Starbucks can keep their Pikes plate. Place roast or whatever it is, and I'll keep drinking my Folgers. That's
0: right. Folgers is boardwalk to me. Boardwalk. <laughs> Does that mean really good? <laughs> Pike's Place made me think of Park Plaza. What is that called? Huh? What's the counter? What's the uh, the the friend to boardwalk on a monopoly board? Oh. Bo- I don't know Park Place, here Park Place, Pike's Place made me think of Park no. Place, which made oh. me think of boardwalk, and here we are. Uh, so you asked what uh, got me into drinking coffee. Uh, strangely enough, uh, one more thing we 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 have in common. Uh, I had a mamaw, uh, and she drank coffee, and I started asking when I was like ten. Hey, I mean, I'm what's what's up with that? I'm interested in that, and so she gave me coffee with cream and sugar, and so basically, uh, when when I was When I was a kid, uh, especially in the summers, I was at her house a lot. And especially on Fridays, like back then... she would go to three or four different grocery stores. And so you needed to have something to keep you going on those days. So we would drink <laughs> coffee in the morning and then we go shopping at grocery stores for like three and a half, four hours. Right. <laughs> so you went to all these different stores, buying different stuff. Um, and yes, she was the influence on pl- coffee with plenty of cream and sugar. And man, if you put, put a lot of cream and sugar in it, you can make most anything taste good. That's right. Um, I will say that just the other day, um, I, here at Parlor Donuts, which is a local place that is yeah. now has five locations. They have a location in India as well. Um, I got a coffee and a cronut for $5.89. and It's uh, a pretty good deal. Yeah, it was not bad. And and the coffee was not super strong. I put some cream, which I had right there in it. Because mm. that's the- where I am now. I, I did eventually cut out the sugar. I still drink a lot of cream in my coffee, but I don't need the plus sugar anymore. When um, did
1: you do that?
0: Yeah, that's uh, uh, every day. Who uh, are you? Probably... Uh, Well, a lot of this, like many things, um, my wife was influential on this. Saying, Are you sure you need both cream and
1: sugar? And I was like, I think I was sure until now. (laughs) Oh, man. Why is it terrible about that? You know, one time my wife got me because she said, uh, I was talking about, yeah, you know, I don't drink too much soda. And she was like, yeah, but you drink all that creamer in your coffee. And I'm like, well, that's nothing like drinking a soda. (laughs) That's right. Right. And she said. You go and look how much sugar is in like one serving. You don't want to one serving of of creamer, and then compare it to a can of soda. But it's not carbonated. But it's not. <laughs> carbonated. Yeah, that's right. No, it's, she's exactly right. I realized that basically the amount of creamer I was drinking was like I was basically drinking a couple Mountain Dews every day. Yeah, and so I definitely cut back after that, um, and now I'm right back up to where I was. So it's basically <laughs> just like I'm drinking a couple Mountain Dews every day. Uh, with the, the coffee I drink. Well,
0: now but, since I've seen you, I've seen you drink a Mountain Dew and now some coffee.
1: So. Man, just, I'm on a roll today.
0: <laughs> you are. All right, so we're going to talk about singing. Uh, this article is about uh, general health benefits of singing, but we're going to just talk about uh, why we think singing is good. Uh, some of what uh, the Bible has to say about singing and and so something that i didn't know i have not looked up any sort of health studies on singing Um, but get this so it talks about sort of a community choir that uh some folks here were a part of um and uh one of the things here it says quote after rehearsal some of the singers provided a saliva sample to researchers examining whether singing affected their health and mood and it did positively the sing with us study which enrolled hardy uh the uh lady who this article is about and 192 others is part of a growing body of research that points to the physical and mental health benefits of singing with others. Uh, Sing with us linked singing in the choir to reduced stress hormones and increased cytokines proteins that can boost the body's ability to fight
1: serious illness. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, I did not know that, but I'm, I'm happy to hear it. Yeah. The, it, the study kind of goes on to say like singing in general, Has has been associated from various other studies to prove to, to be associated with lessened anxiety, stimulated memory for those with dementia and increased lung capacity, uh, and also an easing of postpartum depression, all kinds of benefits that come from singing right on its own. Um, but now this article is saying there's even more that comes from singing together Mm. and that's a lot of benefits. Mm -hmm. Um, I was fascinated that they were testing their saliva. Like <laughs> no, literally I didn't know Right you after you're do done that. singing, give me a saliva sample, and we'll oh. see. And I guess compare before and after the singing event. Right. Or I should do
0: that with the choir members. Have little spittoon cups for all of them to spit in. <laughs> all right, everybody spit
1: before. <laughs> Need a sample. That's right. Everybody now spit after. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> uh, but you should do it. Um, yeah, I thought that was really cool. I I think it it does sort of begin to tap into something that people who are into music who do enjoy singing probably already have it maybe comes as no surprise to them of yeah. like yeah I've I myself have have reaped benefits from singing and song and music and these kinds of things so it's, it might come as not that much of a surprise to them that that it has all these benefits
0: right and you could put it in that rare column of things that are good for you that you also enjoy. Uh, because mm-hmm. everybody knows that say like exercising is good for you but a lot of people don't enjoy exercising and, and all of us certainly can say we uh, don't there there are exercises that we don't enjoy and if and if anybody out there is listening and says no I enjoy all forms of exercise if you've never been stretched by physical therapists uh I was in pre physical therapy at one point and uh they stretched my tendons uh which uh is the deepest burning I've ever experienced in my life. I thought my leg was going to like come off Uh, because if you stretch tendons, uh, you you don't think about this. You usually stretch muscles. Mm -hmm. Tendons are much uh, sterner (laughs) and they don't want to stretch. So when they start getting stretched, your body immediately sets off all these alarms, like make it stop. Uh, so there's one form of, uh, uh, exercise uh, that i can tell you i don't but i don't like stretching in general as you know yeah. uh it's just uh, it's the strangest i think it's it's just one of the weirdest things that you can try to do because you're never done like you're never stretched mm-hmm. so it's like i don't know i can't get my head around it it seems yeah even you're never stretched <laughs> even though in theory it's a thing that i should have been doing i mean and i'm completely amazed that like these things you've seen about guys like jean-claude van damme that can just be so unbelievably flexible and then you see like little kids j- babies and toddlers and children are very flexible. It's something that we just let go of. Yeah. Um, but that anybody who's listening is involved in yoga or stretching of any kind knows, like there are health benefits to that too. And so, um, singing is a thing that there that is generally it's just healthy to do if it's yeah. not in your life, and you want a way to increase your health. This is a pretty easy thing to add in. Yeah. Now, one, uh, what do you think are the reasons why uh, singing is uh, kind of falling off or that it, you need to write an article like this to say to people, Hey, singing is good for you and singing with others may be even better. Yeah. Well,
1: I, I think it's, it's, an, it's one more, yet another product of the age that we live in, the modern age um, with the rise of the technologies and things that we have. Here's one thing. It, it, my understanding is that singing used to be a popular form of entertainment. Both going to hear people sing, but yeah. also singing with others. Yeah. Um, whenever you don't have all of the forms of entertainment that we have today, you're left to figure out how to entertain yourselves. Mm-hmm. And it was not that uncommon for people in... I mean, you hear things about bar songs, yeah, right? sure. In other words, people used to gather in yeah. pubs and bars, and what one of the things they would do is they would sing songs together. Yep. Uh, like... That's not happening anymore. Kind of like think about
0: how when if, if you've watched the Lord of the Rings and the hobbits get up on the table and start yeah. singing and dancing. That was that well that is the feel historically of like an English pub. Yeah. That's what they're aiming for. They didn't make that up. It's not like that, you know. In the they were looking for something uh, to in a fantasy setting to stick into. They're like, no, there there have been places that that was the vibe, yeah. Uh, but they're not now. I mean, one uh, article that I read recently, a lot of the pubs, the public houses in yeah. England, where the communities gathered, where it was put there specifically so people in the neighborhood had a common place to go. Um, they're closing and becoming a whole lot of other things yeah. because people aren't going there. Right. And think about then how American suburbs often are. Is there a common place every once in a while? I know, like, for instance, there's a uh, mobile home park uh, that has sort of like a common building where you could rent for a birthday party or something. But no, it's not. It's not like subdivisions just say we ought to have this. But frankly, if you ask me right now, I think subdivisions ought to have that because you know how awkward people are about just like knocking on their door say, hey, I'm your neighbor. Nice to meet you. We don't. We don't have platforms to meet each other, mm-hmm. and so we we either have you're on MySpace or I'm on your space, and that's not a great way to go about it.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I, I think <clears throat> I think that's a part of why because you look at now, you look at at bars and and pubs and things like that, and what is it that people are doing now? Well, they've put up TVs, usually yep. with sports on them, and everyone's watching a TV usually, yep. uh, especially if you're at the bar. Um, yeah, think about how awkward it would be to go to a bar and then at 10 o'clock tonight
0: to say, hey, everybody, let's sing Gloria Gaynor, <laughs> I Will Survive,
1: you know? Right. And I mean, I, there is the karaoke <laughs> sure. setting. But it is that has become the thing now where if you're going to sing, you're not just going to go to any any place to do it. You're specifically going to go to what is considered to be sort of a niche I don't know, not everyone loves karaoke or is is a fan of it, but you go to this place. And unfortunately, I think, not always, not always, but oftentimes for many people, the karaoke doesn't happen until they've... Had some liquid courage to help loosen them up. People can
0: come in here and say, look, those people who are singing those old bar songs, they also had that liquid courage to some degree. But I would still argue that uh, I'd never thought about this until just now. But what karaoke is, is a dumbed down, individualized attempt to have a communal activity. Because it's like, oh, oh, that person up there, let's kind of laugh at how what they're doing. Because it's sort of goofy, right? Rather than all of us participating communally. Yeah. We're more looking at this person in a setting that is more like a concert, uh, but like a bad concert, you know, some sort of like, we all know we're not taking this seriously. Um, And and so, and and, and I don't think anybody could argue for me that what's happening in a karaoke setting is uh, as community creating, as people who, as a group without a leader, are just singing a song together
1: for the merriment of it. Right, exactly, and so I think with the rise of entertainment, we have a hundred thousand different ways to be entertained today. Usually by some sort of screen that that has become our means of entertainment, and and music and singing as a means of entertainment and and pleasure and joy has seen an exit. It's kind of moved on its way out. Yeah, and it's, which is um, a bad thing. And 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 what do we do? Uh,
0: we have professional other people singing songs, and we just listen to them. Mm-hmm. And we're surprised that anxiety continues to increase. And, and I mean, if we ask ourselves the question, was well, that good enough? Does that cover all the bases as far as what music is supposed to be in us? I don't think we have the answer to that question, but I think that we should listen to an argument why it's not. And, and, and another thing from a church context that I think uh, you can say is, ask yourself why, if you're watching a service online, you don't sing along if you're listening to the song portion of it Mm -hmm. because you don't. Right. I I don't, I don't think anybody really does. Why not? If it is so, if it is just the same, why don't you feel the urge to sing along? Well, it's a little awkward because it's just me. Oh goodness. Uh, One, I would prefer that you go ahead and do it if it's just you. Mm -hmm. But two, what does that tell you? Mm If It's a little awkward because it's just me Mm -hmm. listening in singing from my house uh, that is that is as simple and strong an argument as I have heard to prove it's not the same thing. It, to, right. to worship, quote, worship online is not the same thing. Right. You're not getting it done. Um and, and then this is one area where you can certainly... Yep. See so I,
1: I think that's a part of why singing is, is not really a, a means that people regularly practice. I don't know. I, as I say that, I think there are still plenty of people that... In their car, in their shower, these places where they are kind yeah, of sure. cut off, no one could possibly yep. hear yep. this. Yep. Uh, Will potentially cut loose if they're you yep. know if they're so inclined. But I think as far as a means of of joy and merriment and, and these kinds of things, it's it's been replaced by other things. Yeah, easier things. Yeah, but not better things. <laughs>
0: right, and and uh, good if you sing in your car, good, uh, but. W- what we want for you is more than that. Uh, What I want for you is more than that. It's uh, because all the things that are the reasons why you find it more comfortable to sing in your car than you do around other people. Well, I'm worried about what I sound like. Well, why? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not as good as other people. What does that matter? I mean, these are things that uh, are, are elements of our total life that we are not finding a lot of good answers. I mean, and look, and being now a music minister and it being part of my job to notice when people aren't singing, I'm not mm-hmm. acting like everybody who shows up in church is singing, right. but I do think that they ought to. I think that it's, mm-hmm. it's good for all of us and that it's to the glory of God that is, there's a reason why mm. it says that when we get together, everybody has a song and a hymn and a spiritual song and that we bring these to each other um, and that that's very meaningful.
1: You know, he goes on, the. I say he, Alexandra Moe, the author of this article, goes on to write about, so so the story is, right, this this woman who's who's battling cancer, um, finds a, a sort of community, finds a place where she can have some joy and and ben, ben, various benefits in a choir, is where she sort of finds this. Yeah, and over in London, yeah. In London, yeah, but also some health benefits that come along with it. But one of the things that the author writes, she says, choirs are large families, and singing in them promotes social bonding, which contributes to a sense of belonging and joy. Research bears this out. Studies have found that group singing fosters trust, cooperation, and social co- social cohesion. And I think that's that anyone who has ever engaged in—if you've never sang in a choir, maybe it doesn't. It doesn't compete with you, but there is something about taking your voice and mm-hmm. adding it to other voices to create this mm-hmm. this combination of sound and harmony and and collective unison of, of voices to sing the song. There is there is something about it that creates a sense of of joy with this person, bonding with this other person, someone who you might barely know at all. But when you're singing together, it it creates a sense of I don't know of Unity and like-mindedness, and yep. and even I think a certain amount of affection uh, for those people as you're singing together. I I've never sang in a, in a choir proper, but uh, there was an ensemble that we used to have at First Southern um, of various high school and, and middle school middle school students that uh, uh, we age to age, right? Is what I'm what I'm talking about, and we would get together and, and practice various songs and um, and people who had never sang in choirs before were coming together, youth and high schoolers, and and learning how to sing harmony and all these kinds of things. It was great, but one of the things for sure that it did was we had a blast with one another yeah. and felt like we we grew together as a group and uh, mm-hmm. and knew each other well and bonded with one another over nothing but music, really. Right. I mean, there was so many other things that we didn't have in common, Um, typically when we came together, it was for the purpose of singing and these kinds of things. But even with just that being the case, it really created a sense of, of community and belonging and, and yeah, trust. I mean, if you're, if you feel comfortable singing around someone and letting them hear you sing, that's a pretty, pretty vulnerable place to to put yourself and a lot of trust is involved there.
0: Right. Because as anybody knows, um, someone can say something to you after they hear you sing that could crush you. Mm Mm-hmm. You, you are opening yourself up in a very vulnerable way. And there's something really, really um, something that could only compare to uh, our identity. It, our voice is almost like a proxy for our identity. So that we, when we share our voice in that way, we feel that someone knows something about us. And, uh, and, and there are things that are basic to it. Like, look, not everybody sings as well as the other. And so you are, you are saying I am contributing knowing most of the time, uh, for all those of us who don't have uh, any sort of perfect pitch, I'm not, I'm not doing this because I'm saying I'm the best in the room, right? I'm doing it because it's worth doing and because I enjoy it. And for all these reasons that you might do it and that it, then it it is a space where just sort of like sports or like a lot of other communal activities, there are going to be people who just are natural and good at it. Mm -hmm. And then there's going to be people who struggle and everywhere in between. And, uh, it is a shared experience, uh, that then we go forward with and that either we can, uh, it, it afterwards people who are very good will show humility or
1: not uh, it just opens up a whole can of worms uh, but it is a shared activity and it's a shared activity that regardless of how good or how bad all the people are that you can have a, a choir made up of of some people who are just phenomenal singers and can do great solos some people who if you hear them sing on your own you think you know maybe you don't have any very much musical talent i don't know to put it, put it nicely but what is amazing is that when all of those people come together from all ranges of, of talents and giftings mm-hmm. and abilities, and create something that that is you know combining all of their voices and and these kinds of things, they can together create something that sounds far and away better than anything that they could create on their own, right? Either from the bad singer or the good singer. Yes, like, I
0: mean I, a musical collaboration is more than the sum of its parts. It yes, really is, and mm-hmm. that
1: is so true. Like I really don't think I'm a very talented singer. I'm not really that great. I can usually sing on key. I can sing the right notes usually. Not every time, usually. But my voice combined with other voices singing various parts and, and notes and harmonies, it's amazing yeah. the, the beauty that can be created yep. from that with a, a voice that is at, mediocre at best. Yeah, and...
0: It, it, if if that's not necessarily striking, uh, you know, a note if nobody's had that experience, then you should think about how interesting it is when various professional people sing together. How uh, you know the voice of like a James Taylor and an Allison Krauss might go together, or throw anywhere. I mean, I have a, a, a CD of uh, Robert Plant, who is the lead singer of Led Zeppelin, and Allison Krauss. Um, there have been shows like uh, CMT Crossroads where they put together like a pop artist like a John Mayer with uh, Brad Paisley, who's a country artist. And I have always been fascinated how this person's voice sounds like this alone and this person's voice sounds like this. But when they go together, it creates this whole different thing. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't always work great. It's not like you would just go all, every time like, oh, Wow. But it's unpredictable. It Mm -hmm. is a whole new thing. And for this reason, one trend that I hope changes that I can say is that what you'll often see on YouTube is someone who will go, hey, look at this. I'm going to sing a song and play the guitar. And then it's also me playing bass. And it's also me playing the drums. And obviously, they just dub over themselves. And I always go, you know what? I would rather see you and three of your friends making music together. Um, And I know that your friends are busy. But goodness gracious, this is you by yourself for hours and hours on end. And then you record it and you show it to me. And Yeah, it's it's impressive. But I think the the, the moment where it is always confirmed for me that we could do better than this is when you hear someone harmonize with themselves, even if they're very good, it is this, like, say, blue on blue on blue on blue sort of situation mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, you know, there's like a whole bunch of other colors that you could put yeah. in there. But I've got shades of blue that have the same. because what What that is is um, it's the same patterns in terms of vibrato and same patterns in terms of the tone of that person's voice just multiplied, which is not, to me, the heights of what music can become. Mm -hmm. This is why bands have historically uh, gone so far. Uh, And we don't have at this point right now. There is nobody, some YouTube star who has uh, made themselves over and over and over again, who then goes out on tour and then somehow puts on a show of them collaborating with (laughs) himself. Right. Uh, And I hope God help us if that's the future, because I I hope it's not Um, collaboration with people with real people is, uh, is an amazing thing to see. And uh, all of those people reacting to each other. One of the most amazing experiences I've ever had in my life is playing music with other people. Yes. It has also been an amazing experience to learn to play myself. But when you are, in the middle of a song and you're in it and you're looking around at other people who are sort of riding the wave with you, it is literally comparable to like surfing with other people because if you feel them pull a direction, it's kind of like surfing with ropes attached. It matters for you too. They're pulling you as well Mm -hmm. and you have to respond to that. You figure out in the moment how to respond to that. And that's wonderful. Uh, It's, it's a great, amazing, fun experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so there's, there's, so many benefits to singing in general but then coming together and singing together as a group um it kind of takes it to the next level of of like there's even more joy to be experienced through singing through song than just what you could even experience on your own when you come together with other people when you when you add in i think the communal aspect the community aspect of yeah. of singing that comes along with a choir or an ensemble or even just a bunch of friends getting together to play music and sing songs. There's something special about it. There's something joyful about it. Um, there's something healthy about it. Right? Uh, that, man, we would do well to add more of that kind of thing into our lifestyle, into our society, I think.
0: Right, and I, let me put an exclamation point on the three things you said a minute ago that what does group singing do? It fosters trust, cooperation, and social cohesion. Everything I've read in the last... 10 years. I've not read a single article, even like this one, that says, here's a way to have a certain increase in trust, cooperation, and social cohesion. Every, in fact, what I read is, on the decrease is trust in communities, trust in relationships. On the decrease is cooperation in communities. Cooperation in political parties, cooperation for anything, uh, and social cohesion, meaning people wanting to be together, working together, accomplishing tasks together. And so to anyone who's hearing this, I am, I am asking you, look in your life and find a place where you can sing with other people. Uh, and wherever that already exists, seek to be involved in more of it. If what that means is for you, you're a person who shows up at church and don't sing, please start singing. Uh, if you're a person who goes, you know, every once in a while I try to show up for whatever we do at my church musically, well, yeah, redouble your efforts that, that is, that is fundamentally necessary. And the only reason we have been doing less of it is because we are, we have been focusing on things that aren't good for our relationships and our health, our spiritual life, um, and here at this time of year, we have this case study in it. We're right here before December gets here. And what we're about to be handed is all these songs that we've heard and, and will be on. Uh, you know, it's strange this year. is I, I, I feel that this year is the turning point where somehow Christmas music and Christmas advertising started after Halloween. I have never seen this exactly done this way. Um, but hey, uh, it's out there and we hear these songs that we know. Uh, this could be related. The Why is group singing on the decline? Because tradition is on the decline. One thing that you need to sing together is an agreement on what song we're going to sing together. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it does not work in such a way as we can all just go sing whatever's in your mind together. Uh, that's no good. That's not going to do it. Uh, you can't even sing your own version of whatever song you have to go along with the group's version of the song that yeah. you're singing. Um, and so th- that, as, as we see these, these traditions decline, I mean, look, the, uh, this, this time of year says to us, there's a great advantage to having tried and true uh, songs, things that we can come together and do that. We all agreed upon uh, because what we're finding is we can't agree upon new things to right. just all do together. That doesn't happen. Yeah. And that's to our detriment.
1: Yeah. A funny story related to that, and like knowing what to sing, and like having an agreed-upon song. There was this really funny moment. Early on in the life of our church, we had a a uh, a Christmas service. It wasn't a Christmas Eve service, because it was when we were still meeting on campus at USI. We wanted to do something that was a, a Christmas Eve-type service, but before then, so that the students could actually go to it who were on campus. And so, there in the basement of the library, we had a, uh, a service for the Christmas season, and and the guy who was leading worship at the time, uh, he was he was excellent. Very talented musician. Great with the song selection and things like that. But for whatever reason, he decided he was going to have the whole congregation, the whole group sing a new version of Joy to the World okay. than the traditional Joy to the World. And I'm not yeah. talking about the Jeremiah was a bullfrog one. He didn't go that far, right? Mm-hmm. It was the normal Joy to the World lyrics but with a slightly different tune, kind of cadence to it, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he didn't warn anyone. Uh-huh. He just started sing, started playing and and singing the song, and literally, just like in real time, you saw him get overruled, vetoed yes. by the congregation who yes. who disregarded wholeheartedly his <laughs> his leading of how the song was going <laughs> to be sung. Let us tell
0: you what we think about your version oh, of Joy yeah. the World.
1: And he tried. He tried to get him back yeah. and like yeah. sing it the way he was trying to sing it, but no, no, no. They sang it the normal way. Yes. It was a just a really funny moment for me of of like, wow, the the group sang sounded awesome. And there was a They were a like, big No, no, we already there. know this one. Yeah, we, you are getting it wrong. Yeah, right. Listen to us. Let us lead on this one. And so You apparently forgot how this song goes. That was kind of what my thought was for a minute. I was like, he totally messed up and forgot how to sing Joy to the World. No, no, no. He intentionally tried to sing it in a different sort of way, but it was a funny moment where the group with a song that man, this is a a Christmas classic. Yes. You kind of just have to let it be what it is. If you don't like the tune, it's kind of like tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the congregation said, no, this is how to sing it. And this is how we're singing it. And it was great. It was unfortunate for him, but, uh, but yeah he, he took it well and after the fact was like yeah maybe I shouldn't have tried to <laughs> yeah to you better that.
0: if you were wanting to change how a song goes you better have it all sorted out oh yeah you know? and and give a heads up maybe if everyone right. had a heads up we right, would have right, right. listened to him but. yeah cuz and in that situation a lot of times people will just listen to you and let you you know because it's yeah. hard to sing a song especially i think it's harder to sing a an old song in a new way than it is to just learn a song altogether yeah um, you have to retrain your uh, Brain, your mind, your heart, muscle, memories gone, and everything. You know, you yep. have you have reinforcements otherwise. Um, so one another reason why this is really uh, important to talk about is that uh, a casualty of the pandemic, in a lot of ways, is uh, choirs in general, church choirs in particular. Uh, this is uh, certain uh, organizations uh, picking being that I do pick up choir music regularly Um, organizations have closed and continue to close that make choir music uh, because (laughs) as is mentioned in this article uh, when you have a global pandemic and you are trying Mm to stop the spread you don't bring back uh, singing next to other people for quite a while and so this was uh, one of those super spreader sort of ideas that this would be a thing we don't want to do for quite a while and as a result uh, it is uh, kind of like plenty of small businesses. It's a program that got killed and um, has not come back, uh, yeah. that people have not made the choice to come back. And that and, and, and frankly, it is not an easy sort of program to just go, hey, everybody, we'll start again next Sunday, um, because uh, if you're going to do like a typical... Soprano, alto, tenor, bass, choir, you need to have a strong soprano and a strong alto and a strong tenor and a strong bass. And if you lose those, then all of a sudden (laughs) you might not you may think you're gonna have four parts, but no, it takes a skilled person in each of those spots and then an understanding of the people who need to follow those people that hey, you need to follow them and not try to just make your own way. Um, and so uh plenty of churches have gone, well, four people in the choir, three people in the choir is not not doing it so let's just take a break on it and and i and i think that's unfortunate as a person who uh it's not like i didn't grow up with choir music so it's it's not as if i looked at choir music growing up and went oh man this is the pinnacle of what music has to be i think it is one great expression of what music can be and i think the most powerful thing about it in the church is that it is a great expression of what the body of christ ought to be various parts of the body in unison working toward the same goal and that it is a very powerful means of doing that and when we don't have other ways we can do that thankfully our people do serve in various ways throughout the week but you don't have your evangelists right next to your uh you know cooks uh, right next to your preachers right everybody can't be side by side in some sort of area where they, a lot of these gifts go up to different places. Um, but this musically, this choir thing is a thing that can all be done similar to a band with everybody playing a different instrument, but as, as difficult as it is to learn to sing in, uh, in a choir, uh, it is more difficult to take the time to learn an instrument and then to learn to play with other people. Um, and so it's, it's just a challenge, but one that is unfortunately, uh, I know a lot of churches, choir program closed and has not come back and doesn't show signs of coming back. Mm -hmm. And choirs are old. Choirs are an expression coming out of the Middle Ages, you know, that uh, something out of the Christian tradition that has endured for a long time that is unfortunately uh, struggling right now. Uh, in in a lot of ways, because our ears are attuned to that single voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if the only person singing uh, is somebody who with the quality of a soloist, I mean that that knocks out right. lots of people. I yeah. would say I would say one in a, a hundred people uh, is a soloist, yeah, um, if you know not less.
1: yeah, and, and I do think it's it's sad and I, to a certain degree would would lament the sort of losing of of choirs as sort of a a commonplace thing in the church. But at the same time, you know, as you and I sit here and talk about the benefits of singing together and and one of the means in which that can happen is through a choir at the same time, I would say just because the choir is going away doesn't mean that your opportunity to do this goes away. What this actually means is that is how I would encourage Christians um, is you need to be coming to church. You need to be singing together with your brothers and sisters in Christ. What we're describing that happens in a in a choir, while it might not be as formal, while there might not be an expectation of singing designated parts, there is still a communal aspect of coming together and singing songs together, united in the words that we sing, are singing, united in the uh, the purpose for what we're doing, and. All of the same benefits come along with that. Yeah, so
0: there are scary spiritual things that I think we've lost just as a people. Like why, when I was, if I were to say uh, the words kumbaya, why is that only now a sort of uh, allusion to the past? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, when we used to go to camp and we would sing songs together. Why is it supposedly a little bit cheesy? I think because we've conditioned ourselves that vulnerability is not something we do. Right. Um, kumbaya means come by here, Lord. Mm-hmm. That's what the song means. And, and, and the fact that probably 99% of the people who I could say kumbaya to would have heard of it, but that probably 1% would even know what it meant. And then would also still feel like, oh, yeah, Kumbaya, we don't. There is no modern equivalent. There is no song that is just this sort of like, oh, yeah, you you know, when you sang that sitting around a campfire. Nope, there's not one now. There's not Uh, it isn't. There's no Chris Tomlin song. There's no not a single one. Okay, what have we lost there for all of our supposed gains, which there have been technological gains? We have lost communal shared singing and shared events. And that is a big part of our anxiety. Mm-hmm. And we've come up with new words and new ways of express expressing what is a, a fundamental problem that we have individualized and we don't even know how to relate d- on deeper levels anymore. And that is a big problem. And we have to get back to it. You have to find ways for yourself that if you are not doing this, you need to figure out how you're going to get there because it's good for you. We were made to do this. Right. And this stuff, these weird ideas that we have that some of this stuff is cheesy, uh, we need to look deeper into that because right. it's more complicated than that. That is not a good enough answer, right. I mean, I, I, while we're on the subject of choir, uh, to I, I don't know the current stat, but here's a stat from 2019. It says in 2019, some 54 million Americans sang in choirs and those who did, were found to be more optimistic, more likely to vote, less lonely, possessed stronger relationships, and were more likely to contribute positively to their communities than non-singers. Of uh, uh, three hundred and you know forty million Americans, fifty-four million sing choirs. I, that number is lower now by a significant yeah. amount. I would think it's at least half. Yeah,
1: I think you could probably go lower than that. Yeah, uh, here here's one of the things that the article is kind of pointing out is that singing is calming, and it comes with psychological benefits. But if you join that with singing with a group, then you're also building meaningful relationships and developing community. And so there's kind of two goods being combined when you talk about choir singing. And what I would sort of say as well is I would say, if you add one more component to that, and that would be singing to the glory of God, singing together to the glory of God, Uh, then you're adding in just one more possibility for sort of maximizing the joy in, in the experience and right. and the benefit of the experience of singing. Um, I want, I, people should think about how modern political movements
0: do not have songs. None of them. I can't name one on the right or the left. Yeah. There is no... Uh, uh, There is no comparison to say we shall overcome from the civil rights movement. There are no songs. Something is happening that these secular movements, it's not just that uh, they're different. They don't have soul. (laughs) There There is no depth striking all the way to what we love as humans. And I think if you look into them, mostly what you'll find out is that they strike depth in terms of what we fear, what we hate. Uh, and you, you don't sing. You don't want to sing about those things, nor are they conducive. If you've ever tried to write a song about things that you fear, fear might be a subtext. It's not going to be the main text. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to write songs like that. Right. Um, and so we are lacking this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's no sign of it. I, listen, the fact that I can't point to a single song of any of these modern political movements, there there's none. Yeah. that should tell us
1: something. used to be commonplace, didn't it? Yes, like if you're if you're running for office uh, back in the day, you would have like a song, it would be like your campaign song. You know? yeah,
0: and anybody who's paid attention to politics in the last you know twenty years, the politicians will try to pick up a song and then the artist will say, "Hey, don't use my song," which is I think fine because uh, artists don't have to be co-opted, right. But when nobody in the movement is creating a song that represents the movement, that ought to tell us something. And I I will even further own up to part of it as Protestants, that it's because a lot of these movements mirror a fallen Protestantism. We don't know exactly what we're for, but we know what we're protesting against. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not... as if we could consider Martin Luther the first Protestant, the songs that he wrote, A Mighty Fortress Is Our God is not mm-hmm, about, yeah, yeah. I'm against the Catholic Church. Yeah. I'm against the Pope. It's about how God is the one we should be living our lives in and how he will take care of us. He wrote songs out of love. Yeah. About the things that he loved. Yeah. Uh, for all of the... Uh, this was a guy who would talk about the things that he didn't like as well. Sure, But uh, we've lost that. We are more defined by what we're against, and that's a part of a problem, and it shows up here as well. This is something we've talked about before, but it's showing up here. And, uh, I mean, another thing that I can say, a sense of achievement. She says here, a sense of achievement comes from creating notes with the body and by working together over many months to master a work. The text is often inspiring or beautiful. This There is agreement about whatever we're singing about, that it's worth singing about. And we who... Uh, one of the blessed insights we get to have as Christians is that we know we were made to praise and made to love mm-hmm. and that you will praise good things. And that what a song is, is a sustained, uh, consideration mm-hmm. of why something is praiseworthy. Yeah. Uh, thankfully we do have still have love songs, but if you even look at what our love songs are about, um, uh, I, I watched a, a YouTube video the other day that, um, that shows how weird and ridiculous the time that we live in, which um, this was about how um, Baby It's Cold Outside has been brought out, uh, is generally no longer considered to be a, a a great Christmas song. And here's the thing. I, I don't think it is either. I yeah, mean, I don't care an that odd, much weird the song, song yeah, kind yeah. of. But at the same time that there was outrage over that song and that whenever it was played on the radio, people were calling in literally the song that was the number one pop song was wap which is explicitly horribly sexual uh, and not yeah. in any sort yeah. of uh, it is glorifying the lowest parts of what sexuality yeah. can be top and the
1: th- charts for months at the same yeah. time
0: yeah these two things are happening and if you want to if you want a case study and how confused our culture is yeah. uh, and if, if you go well, I, I don't know i find that kind of weird do you think in a hundred years that that you could say no 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 I I all these songs that we find popular right now nobody will have a problem with them in a hundred years like oh goodness if you think you know that uh then you're deluding yourself yeah we're in a very strange cultural moment um so so do it singing singing is powerful seek out if you're going man I can't think of songs that I would like to sing with other people we'll start your looking there there are songs out there and um. It's yeah. worth looking into. Yeah, and
1: you know, I, I think a lot of our our listeners probably are are believers, are Christians, and I would say go to church. Yeah, and and what songs that you're singing in church, like look them up, learn them. I think it's a good thing for us to be able to sing the songs that are part of our worship, songs that that praise the Lord, praise uh, Jesus. I think it'd be good and nice for us to be able to sing those without having to have a hymnal in front of us or without having to have or the lyrics in, in front of us but unfortunately for most people we aren't to that place yeah. to where we can just sing impromptu without the music in front of us and it's still good it hey if you need it in front of you then then sing with it in front of you don't yeah. feel guilty that you don't but the it is there you know it, go to your hymnals yeah. I, I don't know if you've if you've taken much time to to read through like various hymnals but even songs that maybe you've heard before maybe you haven't Hymnals are are books filled with all kinds of really cool and and beautiful and rich sort of teaching and expression of of all kinds of a whole range of of things ranging from like you said Martin Luther a mighty fortress is our God to um, to assurance that we have in God to uh, you know you talked about fear being not necessarily a, a main thing but. I think of a song like He Will Hold Me Fast written yeah, some sure. time ago, in which one of the first lines is When I fear, my faith will fail. Yep. He will hold me fast. There's a whole range of emotions being expressed in these songs. And I think it'd be good for us to sort of brush the, the dust off of them and bring them back to the surface and sing them together. And yep. so, like, find ways to do that. Find ways to to take advantage of a whole I'm telling you, I mean, there's a wealth of of songs that are great songs to sing and to sing with one another. They just need to kind of be Brought out, you know yeah. what I mean? And so so do that. Bring those out. Um, and, and maximize the, the benefits of singing and singing together by singing together to the glory of God, right. glorifying uh, the God that we worship. I, I, I was just going to say, and, and I don't know where our time is at. Are we doing okay on time-ish? Well, one of the things in the article uh, that—it's just a kind of a quick line, but uh, about singing— that this one um, person they interviewed says, says, um, talking about music, it's unique among the arts. It's both completely abstract and profoundly emotional. It has no power to represent anything particular or external, but it has a unique power to express inner states or feelings. Music can pierce the heart directly, end quote. And I'm just like, I agree with that whole statement. I'm like, I know personally from my own experience um, that there have, you can listen to a song, and even if that same, even if those same words were just read to you or stated, you might not be all that moved by it. Mm. But when you hear that in the form of the song, in connection with the music, it is, yeah. it is written and expressed and, and sung with proper melody and things like that it can bring you to tears. It can yeah. affect you in a way that at some sometimes you're like, "Why am I so affected by this?" I remember hearing a song, actually by a band that you really like and recommended to me. The the band is Nickel Creek mm-hmm. and the song is The Lighthouse Tale. Oh yeah. And I, I listened to that song and I'm like, "Man, why is this song band so touching? So, I mean, emotion evoking." And a part of why is the content. I mean, the mm-hmm. content of the song is sort of geared in that way. But if you listen to that song and the way that it builds from the start of the song to the end to sort of the climax of the song and and the sorrow that is expressed, even through the minor keys that are used and the the uh, each chorus builds on the next one. So like a new a new voice, a new um, oh harmonization is added in each time mm-hmm. the chorus is is sang again anyway it it had the ability to even though the story in and of itself was somewhat emotional I would have never cried just hearing that those lyrics read but yeah. when I heard it in the song and I listened to the music and it uh, it kind of drew the emotion out mm-hmm. of you music has the ability to do that yep. in order to to draw emotion out of us or even create emotions that create, cause us to feel certain certain ways certain things and for many people, Music as a means of of sort of expression of of emotions and and helping to deal with various emotions and like that you, we talk about singing the blues, and I mean that statement has real quality to it. Where when we are feeling emotionally down or sorrowful or or whatever, or in times when we feel a great amount of joy, mm-hmm. being able to express that through song is a marvelous outlet it's a great form of healing it's a great it's a great gift that yep. God has given us to I be heard, able uh, to do that
0: I heard a guy named Rick Elias say once he was an artist uh, that we need artists because they express the inexpressible they express for us what we can't express for ourselves yeah. and anyone who has ever felt trapped inside of yourself knows that you need an outlet for that and that it is very inadequate to say to someone I'm just really sad uh, yeah. when that sentence ends it is, it is like it echoes because it's just like that did not get it done yeah. to say that. And that is true of the breadth of what we experience when you are 14 or 15 years old love songs will make sense to you you will you will find someone and then you will hear a song and you'll go I feel that about them yeah and that a lot of this stuff comes on you at different times but an interesting exercise that uh, people could do that I bet a lot of people have never done a friend of mine um, who really loves music uh, he will read liner notes, read lyrics before he ever listens to, say, a record, right? Um, and he writes himself, so he wants to see the words that they're working with before he then sees them kind of put it to the, the musical structure. Um, and I think it's a great, great uh, practice because you might not relate to those words at all and some of the most amazing pieces of music I've ever heard, if I just read them ahead of time, I would have gone, there's not much here. And then to hear people process it musically is, uh, that's the genius in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just so much that can be done that way. Uh, part of what happens here, though, is that this uh, part of the article you're referring to, they talk about, okay, look, if, if this is stuff that you're you're not quite relating to, hey, did you sing lullabies when you were a kid? Yeah. When did you stop, and why did you stop? Is it because they stopped being powerful? Because I doubt it. Um, lullabies are little versions of what we need to have as adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, lullabies do comfort and calm and soothe, uh, but if you if you then don't find the breadth of emotion and the breadth of expression through songs, well you. You need to look for that. And this reminds me of a very valid criticism that has come of Christian music for years, which is we can't just write songs that are about the good days, and we can't just write songs that are about God's great and everything's going well and I'm so happy. That's not the Christian experience. That is not the New Testament. And if you were to write songs straight out of every part of the New Testament, that's not how all of them would go. That's not how Jesus' songs (laughs) would go. Jesus spent a lot of days... Uh, alone, struggling. He ended his life with all of his friends having left him. He is not going to sing from the cross.
1: Apple red happiness. Right. Popcorn cheerfulness. There you go. Cinnamon singing inside. That's, I don't know if you've ever heard that song. I know I brought it up one time at a at a, a weekend that I, that I preached at. Yep. And then Jason Paul, a good friend of ours, was so kind as to teach it to the whole whole group, and then sing it for me the following night. Yep. That was great. But yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. We, the Christian experience, as Christians, I mean, even just thinking as believers, as human beings, we need an expression of more than just, uh, of just gladness and all things good and everything's fine. There are times in our lives when we need those sort of, ex- and, and it and we are living in a, a place where we can express those senses of joy and yep. how good God is right now and and you know all these kinds of things but there's also a need for for us to be able to say man, I'm beaten down, yep. man, I'm broken.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm gonna throw out the name Andrew Peterson, which I mentioned before, mm-hmm. who has written, he's dealt with depression and he has songs that are the whole breadth, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Um, and, and he is a name that I'll throw out. I'll throw out Rich Mullins, uh, I'll throw out David Crowder. Um, they're, they're, you need to seek out artists yep. who are expressing the broad range of what we experience and, and continue to encourage them, all the people in your life who... Are, who love music, yeah. uh, the person in your church who's responsible for music, encourage them to seek out songs that, that cover the whole range of what yeah. it is to be a Christian and encourage them in general. It's a, it's a hard thing. Uh, music is a very heart level kind of issue and so it strikes mm-hmm. us and we're not uh, our hearts are not often able to be very sort of circumspect about it. We have our opinions. We have uh, music often is, is also uh, tied to our background, kind of where we're from. Uh, country music either strikes you in a positive way or it strikes you in a negative way. Most people are not neutral about uh, country music, and music is that way in general. Music hits us so strongly that um, that that most of us could say, well, here's an instrument or a type of music that I could go, I love and here's a type that I can't stand at all well it all has value um, mm-hmm. but we, we are not able to be neutral about it and that's fine um, I think some of that is just uh, you need to know that some of that is just your own personal preference um, and that uh, it's like all your other personal preferences uh, hand those over to God and let him handle them yeah. but um, that we need to lean into this and seek to express everything that is happening in our lives we're lonely some days we're excited some days we're empty some days we're uh, all of the range of what we experience ought, there ought to be music for that we ought to seek that out
1: yeah if i could throw just a couple more names of artists out there that i yeah, think please. that reach maybe a little bit different genres than the ones you just said cuz those are all not exactly the same genre but within a similar corner but also i think of groups like beautiful eulogy if you've mm-hmm. ever heard of them kings kaleidoscope mm-hmm. um, ghost ship these are some bands that uh, they're christian bands Creating content from a Christian perspective, but also they deal with a whole range of different emotions and and beautiful artistry in in song, and so I would commend those to you as yeah, well. Sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, and there are um, there's a lot. There's thankfully a lot of music out there. There is not a lot of sort of uh, what you can consider. There's not a breadth of mainstream Christian music, and there's uh, there's not a breadth of music right now that I would say is just nourishing to your soul as mm-hmm. a Christian. You have to seek it out. You're going right. to have to go after it. Um, because what is what is sort of being served up is a lot of worship music, which uh, is frankly kind of the only kind of music we're going to get in a corporate setting as well. And that has a place, but we need more than that even. Um, and so, so seek it out. Um, let us then move to... Um, to tie this up, uh, I, I, it was a GK Chesterton quote that I might've mentioned before, but it certainly applies here. Anything worth doing is worth doing badly. Uh, and so your question is, is this worth doing? And I, and I say, yes. So whatever it takes, if it's worth doing, then you should just do it. Um, and, and so as adults, I think we're overly interested in only doing what we're good at, Mm -hmm. uh, in always looking competent. Uh, one of the, one of the, uh, movies that's on at my house a whole lot is frozen and frozen 2. and my favorite song well I don't like uh, uh let it go and certain songs that are frozen because of the messaging uh, I think they are uh good bad songs uh, <laughs> it's good musically bad in terms of lyrical content a song like yeah, let okay, it go yeah. no right no wrong no rules for me I'm free to be me yeah. my goal the, is always just to bend to be me
1: the artistry is good but the content is lacking or that's maybe right. you know I, I think we, you and I both went to actually a, a breakout session at Together for the Gospel like six years ago. It's been a long time, but like six years ago where um, was it uh, Trip Lee that was there and he did a breakout session on like artistry and, and art and he kind of said there's a lot of art out there in the hip hop world especially Yeah. that he said, I think, man, that is great art as far as like there's a lot of talent and ability being displayed in that art but it's at the same time being used to display something terrible and, yep. and communicate something awful, and the content is just is just garbage. Uh, so yeah, what you're saying there maybe applies to some of the Disney songs you're talking about too. The artistry can be really good and and very talented, but the content of it can be lacking
0: (laughs) right uh my favorite song probably of all of the songs from either of the frozen movies is uh, this will all make sense when i'm older where olaf sings about how listen when apparently when you're an adult you just know everything and everything makes sense and you know it's probably good to be in a scary woods where there's monsters around there's great great (laughs) explanation for why this is fine this is all (laughs) happening and and that is a great we need to have Uh, To be poked fun at as adults, that we walk around going like, "Got all the answers, kids. Know it all. Nothing catches me off guard. Got simple explanations for all the things that are happening." Uh, That is not Christian maturity. Uh, Christian maturity is God knows. I'm working on it, Uh, and in the meantime, we we follow the authority that He puts in place. He's the highest. I'm put over my children as an authority. But I don't have to act as if I do know everything. And so I welcome uh, songs like that uh, because we should not always have to feel and look competent. Uh, That's not what Christian maturity is. That is actually a form of pride, not humility.
1: Yeah. And I I think about, you know, what you said about part of why we don't is because we only do things that we're quote-unquote good at, right, or when we feel comfortable doing it. And I will forever, it'll be burned into my brain and in my ears the sound of my papa my grandfather when we would go to their church yeah and as much as it was he was a terrible singer i wanted to go ahead and start there terrible singer and yet that never ever ever stopped him from belting out whatever hymn they were singing yeah. in their little country church and when i say he was a terrible singer i mean if it was the one note that he sang on he sounded great but he basically sang one note for the whole song oh my. It was like blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. <laughs> now we oh, all I know I it sounded like, yeah. Yes, sounded awful, but <laughs> he would sing. Not only would he sing it, he would sing it out loud with gusto yeah. and with conviction. I mean, yeah. he loved it. He loved being together yeah. with his yeah. brothers and sisters in Christ yeah. and singing to his God and his Savior, regardless of how good yeah. he sounded. And yeah, yeah. he had no misconceptions about. It not sounding good. Although he had really bad hearing too, which is maybe why he sang so loud, but he never let it stop him. And for me, that kind of served as a little bit of a model for me. That plus the fact that my own dad was a amazing singer uh, with a very, with a great voice and um, just with a a love of, of song and singing. Yeah. Um, It was, but, but those things in combination with the other things really just, I think have fostered in me a desire of like, Hey, I don't care if I sound good. I don't care if I sound bad there is a joy found in singing, even still, even despite that fact, there's yep. a joy found in singing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because uh, too often we just want to feel comfortable. Yeah. Uh, and, and singing, you know, is not comfortable necessarily. Not always. always. We'll run out of breath. It's sort of like yeah. swimming in some ways, that it is an exercise that uh, you'll have to figure out how to breathe uh, because it doesn't naturally happen, uh, but it is worthwhile without a doubt um and, and then the last big point that i want to make is that singing uh, we we often do uh think about the sort of hey singing for joy singing out of love and these sorts of things but that one particular element of singing that is lost uh that needs to happen while i said earlier we don't excuse me sing there there aren't a lot of great songs about fear um there are many great songs that are sad songs the the entire biblical category of lament. There's, there's an old Testament book called lamentations. It is literally Jeremiah, the weeping prophets, sad songs put in a book. It's one of the 66. Um, There is, in fact, no song that is, you know, songs of cheer. If you're the Psalms are Psalms, uh, some of them are Psalms of cheer, Mm -hmm. but there are songs of cursing of others. There are Mm -hmm. songs of sadness. There's uh, there's all the range in there as well. Um, And so if you can't think of or if your church does not teach you songs that help you express sadness, um, you're going to you're going to have sadness in your life and you need to express it. You do. You do. Uh, This is it. Apart, part, if, if this strikes you as odd, uh, anyone who's hearing this, you need to know that there there ought to be songs that, think about this, if, if you don't have any artist or any song in your heart to help you express the inexpressible, you have lost loved ones, you have had broken relationships, you have had your hopes up that you were going to get a job that you feel that would have made you happy and then you didn't get it, you need to have ways to lament and, and, and express your sadness at this, and it is not a sin to express sadness, right? The world is sad. We are told that the world is broken and we long for the day when it will be made right. In the meantime, the world will continue to be broken in Mm -hmm. some ways. And what we have to do many days about that is to express that we are sad about it, that that brokenness has found its way into our hearts. And these are things that will then, as we sing them with others, prove to be especially life-giving. And um, I remembered as I was uh, coming to this uh, point about this article that a while back, um, when Tim Keller died, uh, I, I saw that hit the, the program for his funeral was online and, um, much to my, uh, made me really happy to see all the songs that he had picked out. And so here's a list of, of the songs that, that he picked out himself. Uh, he has notes himself. He wrote for why he picked these songs, but I'll just share the songs themselves. Cause if you don't have sad songs or songs that, that, you can cling to in times of sadness. These are not all necessarily songs of lament. Uh, th- this is a great place to start. Yeah. Um, so uh, the first one, he was way more culture than me, which is not a surprise. Uh, violin Sonata Number 5. Uh, op, what is OP? Option 24. O- OP, whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> spring uh, from Adagio, Molto Expressivo by Beethoven. There you go.
1: Man, your Italian was on point, though. There you Very go, good. I tell you.
0: Um, all right, next, uh, hymn, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise, and then Amazing Love, How Can It Be. Um, anybody who's a child of the 90s like me, this is an older amazing love, not the amazing love we learned in the 90s. Uh, the next is a hymn, How Firm a Foundation, which I know and we sing pretty mm-hmm. regularly here. Uh, next is Jesus Lives and So Shall I. Um, what a moment to be able to sing, have that song at your funeral. Yeah. That's, that's no powerful doubt. stuff. Uh, Next, For All the Saints Who From Their Labor Rest, a song that I I don't know that one. Uh, Next is one that came in very early for me by a fellow named Keith Green. I I think his wife wrote this. Uh, There is a Redeemer. Uh, There's a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own son. Precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. Uh, Great song, great song. And then the last one is another instrumental string quartet in D major, uh, K575, Allegretto by Mozart. So there you go.
1: Yeah. I'm going to have to go look up some of those songs. You gave yep. me this right and and there's some songs on there that I have heard of, but then some that I haven't. And I'm like, man, you just read a title like for all the saints who from their labor rest. Yeah. And that makes me go, I want to read that song. Yep. I want I want to hear it sung, you know. Um there is so much good so much that comes from singing and singing together. Singing carries with it such an ability to affect our emotion and influence our thinking as Christians. I think it's good for us to recognize that and to make the most of it. And I I think about this, like, what do we do with an article like this as believers, as the church? And I think for me, if I could sort of to give my concluding thoughts, I think some of the things that that this ought to drive us to do is, first of all, it ought to motivate us to get more comfortable singing together, um, which means doing it more, overcoming the sort of anxieties, fears of it, and and making it a, a practice and, and a part of what it means to to live in community with one another. We sing together, get more comfortable singing together, to read the benefits that come from that. I think a part of it, too, is that Christians need to be creating good music. Yep. If you have a talent for for writing music, or maybe you're like, well, I don't write music, but I'm going to write poetry. Well, hey, find someone who's musically talented, get in touch with them, and and begin to maybe come up with that. Yep, There is... I think it'd be a really cool thing if we as churches and congregations began to create some of the songs that we sing uh together as a as a worship. But but reclaim the space. Don't just give up the spate of musical arts um to to the culture and to the world, but reclaim it for the purpose that God has actually given us this gift of music, and that is for his glory. Uh and then third, I would say we need to um use singing and song and especially singing together when we can. And there's one kind of main thing that comes to my mind is that the the benefits that come from singing um, are there's a host of them, right? But here we are in the Christmas season and you and I have both experienced what it's like to go and sing Christmas carols. Yes. To people who are shut into their homes, to people who are in a nursing home or in the hospitals or these various settings. Uh, or maybe it's just someone who you love and you want to express some joy and to them. Christmas caroling, once again, a dying thing of the yeah. past is a guaranteed way. Well, I'm not saying like you'll have over 50%. I'm saying it's a guarantee that every door that you knock on, every you know, hallway that you walk down and sing Christmas carols in, you are going to brighten everyone's day. Yeah. Everyone is going to find joy in what you're doing there. Mm-hmm. It's something that we've done together, you and yeah. I, with at various times and with various groups. Uh, something that me and my family are going to go out and do here in a couple weeks. We're going to go out sing Christmas carols to some uh, some people who we know and, and want to bless in that way. Um, I would encourage everyone to not count that out as a means of using singing, using song, even singing together uh, to, to bring joy, uh, but also there's ways that we can sing together to build community and to express thoughts, emotions, feelings that otherwise would be difficult to express. As you said, Uh, what is it? Artists or music help us express the inexpressible. That's Man, that's true. And so finding ways to do that. um, Singing is a gift from God. And, And music and song in this form of artistry, not only is it a gift from God, it's one that he commands us to engage in and that we have as a part of our corporate weekly worship because God has called us to do so. That alone ought to ought to make us recognize and see the significance of it, the importance of it, and the power in it, if nothing else. And so I I would implore you with that.
0: Yep, absolutely. All right, we'll leave it there. This has been Empires of the Future.
1: And we'll see you in the future.